0: Discover the tips and strategies that will help you achieve your retirement goals. I'm your host, James Canole, and this is a podcast dedicated to helping you retire well. It all starts right here on Ready for Retirement. Hi, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of Ready for Retirement. I'm your host, James Canole, and today's episode is going to be about retirement plan options for people who are self-employed. So obviously, this show is all about retirement and how do you save for retirement? And typically, for people that have an employer or an employee somewhere, it involves, to some extent, saving to a 401k or saving to something that your employer offers. So what we're going to talk about today is how do you do that same thing if you're self-employed? How do you make sure that you're on track for retirement when you don't necessarily have an employer that's providing a retirement plan for you to save to? So let's jump right in because the first option when you're looking to see how do I save for retirement The first option is going to be the same, whether you have an employer or whether you're self-employed, and it's just your traditional IRA and your Roth IRA. If you're looking to put money away for retirement, it doesn't matter if you have an employer or if you're self-employed, as long as you have earned income, you can always make a contribution to either a traditional IRA and or a Roth IRA. The way that that works is each year, you can put up to $6,000 per year, at least for 2020, if you're under the age of 50 into those accounts. And if you're 50 or older, again, in 2020, you can put up to $7,000 per year into one of those accounts. So the advantage is if you put money into a traditional IRA, that's going to reduce your taxable income dollar for dollar. So if you make $100,000 in a year and you contribute $6,000 to a traditional IRA, you're only taxed on $94,000. So it can be a nice tax benefit today. Now, then that money grows completely tax-free or tax-deferred for as long as it's in the IRA. And when you do pay taxes on it is when that money comes out in retirement. So say you put $6,000 into an IRA, that money grows, and over time it grows to, say, $20,000. Now you're ready to retire, and so you start to take some of that money out. Well, whatever you pull out, that income or the income that you pull out, that's treated as ordinary income that you then pay taxes on, and that's totally going to be dependent upon whatever your tax bracket is whenever you're retired. So the traditional rule of thumb is if you're in a higher tax bracket today, do a traditional IRA contribution. You get the pre-tax deduction. That's going to save you money on taxes today. And then you pull that money out in retirement when you're in a lower tax bracket. And in doing so, you save money on taxes when you're in a high tax bracket and you pay taxes, but you don't do so until you're in a lower tax bracket. Now with Roth IRAs, the contribution limit is the exact same. And the way this works is whether you do the full amount to a traditional IRA or the full amount to a Roth IRA or split it 50-50 or any other combination, the limit is still the same, 6,000 if you're under 50 or 7,000 if you're 50 or above. Typically, based upon whatever tax bracket you're in, one is going to make more sense than the other. It doesn't typically make sense to split it, but you could do so as long as the combined contributions don't exceed that 6,000 or 7,000 per year. The difference with a Roth IRA is anything that you put into a Roth IRA, there's no tax deduction for making that contribution. So back to the example, if you make $100,000 per year in income and you make a $6,000 contribution to a Roth IRA, it doesn't actually help you right now. You don't owe taxes for making that contribution, but you don't get a tax deduction. So you still pay taxes on that full $100,000, but the difference is now that money, it also grows tax-free, but when you take it out in retirement, that money is also tax-free So if you're in a higher tax bracket in retirement or tax brackets have gone up in retirement, or you just want to make sure that you're putting money in a way that's going to grow completely tax-free forever, that's the benefit of a Roth IRA is that any money you put in there, it's going to be tax-free forever. And even ultimately, if your children or heirs inherit that, they can inherit that tax-free as well. So let's start with that. Number one option is a traditional IRA and or Roth IRA. And we're starting there because whether you're self-employed or whether you're working for a company, you can make a contribution to either's accounts in either situation. There are some income limitations that you do need to be aware of. For for example, if you're single and if you make above $139,000, you cannot make a direct contribution to a Roth IRA. If you're married and you make above $206,000 per year combined, you can't make a direct contribution to a Roth IRA at that point either. So there are some income things that you need to be aware of, both with Roth IRAs and traditional IRAs, But in general, they are both available plans for you to be able to contribute to as you start thinking about, or as you continue saving for retirement. So we start there because like I said, IRAs, whether traditional or Roth IRA, those are available to anyone. Now, where we go from there, there's some differences. There's different types of plans you can set up if you're self-employed. And the difference in all these plans is going to come down to three things. Number one, contribution limits. So each has different contribution limits that you can put in. Number two, employer contribution requirements. So if you are self-employed and you also have employees that work for you, there's sometimes contribution requirements that you have to be aware of. And then three, administration. Some of these plans are very simple to, to manage and to run. Some require a little bit more in administration, either something that you're doing or a cost that you're paying for someone to do for you. So the first one that we'll start with is simple IRAs. Simple IRAs, it's simple stands for saving incentive match plan. And the nice thing about it is there's typically not any annual administration costs. You can set these up and they're pretty simple and they're only for businesses with fewer than hundred employees. But if you have one with a simple IRA, the nice thing is that instead of being limited to $6,000 contribution limits or 7,000 for the catch up, you can now contribute up to $13,500 for an employee contribution and the catch up contribution is 16,500 if you're 50 or above. So right off the bat, it's going to increase how much you can put into a simple IRA. So if you're looking at your retirement plan and you're saying, gosh, I just can't get enough money into an IRA or a Roth IRA because some of these some of these limits I need to be able to put more away, a simple IRA might be something to think about. Now with that simple IRA, like I mentioned, if you are an employer, there are now matching contributions that you need to think about making for employees. If you're self-employed, you don't have any employees, then great. This doesn't necessarily apply to that. But if you do with a simple IRA, you have two options of how you match. You can either make a 2% non-elective contribution, which means that anyone that works for you, including yourself, because you are technically an employee of your business, if you're self-employed, you make a 2% non-elective contribution, which means whatever that employee earned, whether they contributed to the simple IRA or not, you are going to contribute 2% of that employee's salary to their simple IRA. So basic example, if your income is $100,000 per year and you have an employee whose income is $50,000 50000 per year, you would make a $2,000 contribution to your own simple IRA, and you would make a $1,000 contribution to your employee's simple IRA. That's the match. or it Really, it's a non-elective contribution. It's not technically a match, but it's the employer contribution that's part of this. The other option is you can do what is a matching contribution of up to 3%. The way that works is if you have employees, if they contribute one percent to their simple IRA, you match one percent. If they contribute two, you match two percent. If they contribute three, you match three percent, and that's where the cutoff is. If they keep contributing more than that, they can do so all the way up to those limits of thirteen thousand five hundred or sixteen thousand five hundred if they're older than age fifty. But you don't have to match any more than three percent that they put in. There is some flexibility in that. If you have a a year where cash flow is an issue, you have the option of lowering those matching contributions in two of any five years. You could lower it to the 1% or 2%, but do keep in mind that there is a matching contribution with that. So a simple IRA, it's ideal for businesses that want to offer a retirement plan, but they don't want to pay for some of the 401k administration and they want a pretty simple plan. And you want the option of keeping matching contributions low. Again, if you are self-employed and you don't have employees, and the way that this works out is you personally can put in that 13500 or the catch-up of 16500 combined, plus you could then make a matching contribution to yourself. So that would be a business expense where the business is making a matching contribution to you, which helps you for retirement, and is also an expense on the business side. So it's going to give you a little bit more margin or a little bit more room of how much you can contribute to get that tax deduction, because anything that you put into a simple IRA it reduces your taxes dollar for dollar in the same way, or your taxable income dollar for dollar in the same way that a traditional contribution does, a traditional IRA contribution. Next option is is what you'd call a SEP IRA. SEP stands for Simplified Employee Pension. And the way that that's worked out is you can actually put a significant amount more into a SEP IRA than you can in either a traditional IRA or a simple IRA. The contribution limit for this year is $57,000, but it cannot exceed 25% of your gross annual salary. So 57,000, but again, cannot exceed 25% of your gross annual salary. So, what that means is if your salary, again, I'm gonna use that example of $100,000 per year, if your salary is $100,000 per year, yes, a SEP IRA, technically the limit is 57,000 that you could put in, but you're gonna be capped at 25% of your income. So, 25% of 100000 is 25,000, which means the most that you could put into a SEP IRA is 25,000. So you you have some room to put a significant amount more into SEP IRAs, which is nice. They don't have catch-up provisions. So there's not the additional catch-up contribution. It's the same limit, whether you're under 50 or over 50, and there's not any matching contributions above and beyond that. Now, the interesting thing about SEP IRA contributions is they're completely discretionary. So if you're an employer, if you're self-employed, you can make that contribution in a year, or you can make no contribution in a year. There's nothing that you're required to do. It is completely discretionary. What this also means is that if you have employees, they cannot choose to contribute to their own SEP IRA. Only you can contribute to an employee SEP IRA. And, and SEP IRAs actually, and I'm going to explain why in just a second, but they're typically not great plans to have if you do have employees. If you're self-employed, it can be a great plan. But if you have employees, it can get very, very expensive to have a SEP IRA. So, if we use that example of you making $100,000, and let's assume you have a couple of employees making $50,000, well, if you wanna max out your SEP IRA, the most you can put in is 25% of your income. So, you would do a $25,000 contribution to your SEP IRA. It's a business expense, it goes to your SEP IRA. That's all pre tax, meaning you don't pay taxes on it, and it grows tax free until you pull that money out in retirement. So, that's the upside. The downside is if you put in 25% of your income to that SEP IRA, you have to do the same for each of your employees. So 25% of two employees' salaries, if they're both making $50,000 per year, that right there, that's $12,500 for each of them that you're putting in. So that's going to cost you a combined $25,000 in employee contributions on top of the money that you're putting into your account. So if you want to do that because you really want to help employees save for retirement, awesome. But any tax benefit that you get, It can quickly be offset by the expense you're going to incur by making employee contributions if that's the type of plan that you set up for your business and you have employees. So the thing to keep in mind with SEP IRAs is you can put a pretty significant amount away for retirement to a SEP IRA account, but the contribution percentage that you put into your account as the business owner, if you're self-employed, it must be equal to the percentage you put into any participating employee's account. So again, if you're self-employed and it's just you, great. But if you have employees, it can quickly become very expensive. And, and for this reason, even if you're self-employed, oftentimes I'll recommend what's the next option, which is called a solo 401k instead of a set by IRA. So there's a 401k, which you're probably familiar with if you have a job where you're an employee and your employer offers it. The 401k is the most common type of retirement savings account offered by employers. Well, if you are self-employed, you can also set up a 401k. Now, if, you, if it's just you, you open up what's called a solo 401k. If it's you and if you, you have employees, then you're going to open up just a regular 401k that's going to need to cover everyone. But to start with, let's look at the solo 401k. The solo 401k, the way that that works is you can put up to $19,500 per year into it. Or if you're 50 or older, you can put up to $26,000 per year into it. You can set this up as a traditional 401k, which means those contributions that you make are pre-tax. So they, they reduce your taxable income, but then you pay taxes on that money in retirement when you're pulling that money out. Or you can set this up as a Roth solo 401k. And again, the nice thing about a Roth solo 401k is any money you put in today, there's no tax benefits, but it grows tax-free in any money that you take out of that in retirement. It's treated the same way that a Roth IRA would be, meaning there's no taxes that you have to pay on that income when it comes out in retirement. So a solo 401k can often be superior to a SEP IRA, in my opinion, because in addition to being able to make that contribution, which is technically considered the employee deferral. So again, as a business owner, you are technically the business owner plus an employee of your business. So with a solo 401k as the employee, you can put in that 19500 up to 26000 if you're 50 or older. Plus on top of that, you have the ability to make profit sharing contributions. And those profit sharing contributions they can be up to an additional $36,500 on top of the contribution that you're making for yourself as an employee. So really with a solo 401k, you you could potentially contribute up to $62,500 per year if you're 50 or older and if you're maxing out your contributions as an employee and you're putting the full profit sharing amount in. So the reason I say that this is better than a SEP IRA is there's there's no amount that you can contribute to a SEP IRA that you couldn't also contribute to with a solo 401k. And a solo 401k also adds the added flexibility of your contributions aren't limited. So the employee contributions aren't limited to 25% of your eligible pay. And more simply, what that means is you can put more into your 401k without having to show as much income like you ordinarily would with a SEP IRA. And the other benefit above and beyond that is with a solo 401k, like I mentioned, you have the ability to choose between are you making pre-tax contributions or are you making Roth contributions? This is a huge planning tool. With a SEP IRA, with a simple IRA, you don't have the ability to make Roth contributions. Everything that you do is pre-tax. But with a solo 401k, you have the discretion to either do a Roth or a pre-tax or a combination of the two, which gives you a lot more flexibility as you're planning for your retirement. I mentioned that the solo 401k, that's a great plan, but it's only if you don't have any employees. So it could be you and a partner. It could really be even you and a spouse that you can use to set up a solo 401k, but as soon as you start having employees, you can no longer use the solo 401k. If you have a 401k and you have employees, there's something called non-discrimination testing. And the IRS is essentially going to be, the Department of Labor is going to be testing your plan a whole lot more to make sure that everything's in compliance because there's a whole, a lot more rules around that when you have a 401k that's also covering employees and not just yourself. So when it becomes a 401k with employees, there are some costs there. There are some more administration. There is more compliance. So that's a topic for a different episode. We won't go into into too much detail, but the Solo 401k can be a great planning tool for you if you're self-employed and don't have employees because there's a a significant contribution limit there. And it's going to allow you to put away a lot of money tax-free for retirement or put a lot of money into a Roth account. That's going to significantly exceed the limits that you have just on a regular Roth IRA account. So those are the three big plans that I see. If you're self-employed and you don't have any employees, You could do the Roth IRA, the traditional IRA, like I mentioned at the beginning, that's open to anyone. But if you want a plan that's going to give you higher contribution limits and a little bit more flexibility in terms of how you design the plan and how much you can contribute to the plan, the three I see most commonly are simple IRAs, SEP IRAs, and solo 401ks. Now, there are other options. There's things called defined benefit plans and defined benefit plans. It's a little bit more complicated. The contribution limit isn't fixed. It's going to be determined by an actuary, but you can have contribution limits of $100,000, 100,000, 150,000, 200,000, or more. But those plans, there's a little bit more detail to that. But if you're earning a significant amount of income and you're a few years away from retirement, sometimes a defined benefit plan is a great way to shelter a whole lot of money in taxes when you're in a really high tax bracket today and it allows you to put a bunch of money away for retirement and then take that money out when you're in a lower tax bracket. So that's a defined benefit plan. And there's a whole bunch of other plan types out there. You can have a profit sharing plan. You can have an ESOP plan. You can have a Keo plan, a 457 plan. So there, there's so many different options, but I wanted to take a moment to highlight the ones I see most commonly. And again, the ones I most commonly see outside of traditional IRAs and Roth IRAs are simple IRAs, where the contribution limits, and I'm just going to assume if you're 50 or older, are 16500 SEP IRAs, where the contribution limits are 57000 but they cannot exceed 25% of your eligible wages, and solo 401ks, where the limits can be as high as, as $62,000, 63000 or so, and you don't have to show quite as much income as you would for a SEP IRA to be able to get there. And it also has the added benefit of having Roth contribution limits or Roth contribution ability as well. So those are the big ones. If you have any specific questions about those or want to know more about other plan types, feel free to reach out. You can do so through the Ready for Retirement website, which is found at readyforretirement.co. But let me know if that'd be helpful for you to have a little bit more of an in-depth episode into those other types of plans. So that's it for today's episode. Hope this was helpful. Again, you can find all the show notes and the resources listed on today's episode at readyforretirement.co. If you have not already done so, please subscribe to the show. Would love to make sure that as new episodes are released, you get notified each time that happens. So make sure that you subscribe. That's all I have for today, and I'll see you next time. Thank you for listening to episode number 19 of the Ready for Retirement podcast. To see the show notes and the resources from today's episode, please head over to the Ready for Retirement website, which can be found at readyforretirement.co. That's Retirement. Co. If you have not done so already, please subscribe to the show. And if you're enjoying it, please leave a review. We'd love to hear what you're thinking and more reviews will help more people to find the show. And this show is designed to answer your questions about retirement. So if you have a question about retirement, chances are good someone else has that same one. Feel free to submit it through the Ready for Retirement webpage. There's a tab called Submit Your Question and I will answer that on a future episode. Thanks so much for listening. I'll see you next time. Hey, everyone. It's me again for the disclaimer. Please be smart about this. Before doing anything, please be sure to consult with your tax planner or financial planner. Nothing in this podcast should be construed as investment, tax, legal, or other financial advice. It is for informational purposes only.